Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Are we being spoiled by GPS? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, Ground School Academy. Com. Pass your knowledge test, pass your check ride, but most importantly, we're setting out to make you that safe, real-world instrument pilot. The hardest thing to teach an instrument pilot is the decision-making process. We work through that with our real-world scenarios, our real-world modules, showing you steam gauges, and then showing you the same approach again in glass cockpit, really covering all the bases for you. Visit groundschoolacademy.com to check it out and learn more today. Are we being spoiled by this notion, by this idea of GPS in the cockpit? Are we becoming what I like to call children of the magenta line, right? You know what I say, you know what I mean when I say that of uh, direct enter, enter. Let's just follow the magenta line sometimes. And are we grooming a generation that that's all they really know um, is just follow that magenta line in this case? A funny story, really, it's just a funny story on on glass cockpits more so. This And this isn't a knock. I love glass cockpits. And by the way, this podcast isn't a knock on GPS either. I'm just asking you to, you know, make sure we keep some of our old school skills a little more, uh, you know, top of mind. Funny story, uh, I was still in college. I had just bought my Cessna 150 512 Romeo, which I now own again to this day. That's another story how that turned out. But I do own the airplane out here today. And I was in college, and the college was flying all glass cockpit Cirruses at the time. Like right when Cirrus had just come out, Cirrus had just switched uh, over to full avidine glass. Uh, so it's probably like 2000, you know, when they do that, 2003, 2004, 5, 6, somewhere in there. Um, just switched over to that glass. And I was working with a, just a bunch of friends. You meet a lot of friends when you own an airplane, right? So this gentleman, this friend comes up and he goes, hey, Jason, can I rent your airplane? I'm, I'm trying to build some more hours. I just, I just need some more time. I want my resume to look good. Everything else. I said, man, absolutely. I called the insurance company to figure out what I need to do and what kind of open pilot policy I have. And, and he said, man, everything's great. He, he, this guy's a commercial pilot, but he'd done all his training in this glass panel Cirrus. Um, so he's, he's, he comes to me and he wants to fly. So we're sitting in the Cessna 150, again, 1975 Cessna 150. And we fire it all up and he's sitting there and we're trying to learn everything. And he was real nervous about steam gauges because he didn't have a lot of steam gauge time or hardly any, just a little bit to do the complex for commercial. So he's sitting there and we're going through the checklist. He's following everything. Then he gets to a line and it says heading indicator to magnetic compass. And you and I all know what that means, right? We take our head indicator, line up the magnetic compass. He comes to that line on the checklist, on the pre-taxi check, and goes, heading indicator to magnetic compass. He pauses for a second. He looks over at me and goes, what does that mean? And I thought to myself, I mean, what do you mean? What does that mean? Like, that is it. How do you not, how are you a commercial pilot and don't understand that? I said, we take our head indicator, we line it up with what the magnetic compass says. And he goes, oh. The, the glass panel just always does that for me. 
I'm like, have we become spoiled? Maybe the, the, the title of this is, are we spoiled by GPS? But maybe we're just spoiled by technology in a way. You know, old school still works. Do we still have that old school skill to fall back on? And I may be a young guy, but I can still be old school. I can be romantic about flying a, a Piper Cub and learning true stick and rudder skills first. But you know what? That's me. I'm a little bit different here. But let's talk about this here for a bit. Let's talk about this notion of pilotage versus dead reckoning. Is dead reckoning becoming a lost art in a way? Dead reckoning of looking, you know, looking at a map and looking outside, looking at the map going, okay, there's a heart-shaped lake that should be on my right. And I look outside and I go, yep, there's that heart-shaped lake. Or I look at the map and the lake's supposed to be on my right. And I look outside and the lake's on my left. And I realize I'm off course a little bit, but I see what I need to do to correct for it. Is dead reckoning becoming a lost art? Because we're so used to hitting direct enter enter in this case, which is all well and good. But I'm telling you, on your check ride, you're going to be able to do a GPS approach, maybe two. You might even be able to do one coupled to the autopilot, but the rest you're going to hand fly. You're going to have, if you're G1000, you're going to have some AHARS failures. If you're steam gauges, you're going to lose a vacuum system, vacuum pump. You have to be ready for these worst case scenarios. And if GPS is really, you know, a three-legged stool for you, you're going to be in trouble in that case. You need to have a skill set to fall back on. So let me ask you this. When's the last time you flew a VOR approach? When's the last time you actually just did VOR to VOR navigation, intercepted and tracked a specific radial? A funny story, we were, I had just picked up the Technum Twin. This was August uh, out in Salt Lake City, Utah, very, very hot, very high density altitude. We went due south first and then came east to cut across Texas to miss most of the Rocky Mountains on our way back to Florida. We go due south. We are somewhere, I believe, in New Mexico, Arizona. I can't quite remember where. And I remember checking the notum saying that there's a possibility of a GPS outage because the military was testing their GPS jamming technology. I'm thinking, oh, cool that we have that technology, I guess. So I was thinking this Technum is an all G1000 aircraft. So we are flying along in this case. And sure enough, we lose the, the G1000, we lose GPS. But you know what? We had our backups. We had our sectional charts. We had all our maps and plotters and E6Bs. And we went back into pilotage and dead reckoning. And we used VORs. And I kid you not, we're on with Albuquerque Center, whoever we're talking to at this point. And you have every airline captain and first officer calling in going, hey, we lost GPS. And again, ATC is going, yes, it's in the notums. Again, if all these guys just check the notums, these are airline captains, right? And I specifically remember one of them saying this. I wish I was recording. Obviously, we couldn't record the entire 20-hour flight back, but we recorded a bit of it. We missed this part where the controller comes on and goes, yes, uh, the military's testing their GPS jamming technology. There's a, a, a known outage because there's a, there's a notice to airmen published for this. Um, I can, you're going to have to intercept and track this radial to this VOR. And literally the airline pilot comes back and goes, what do you mean I have to track to a VOR? Like almost to say like he didn't even remember. It's been so long since he had used and tracked to a VOR the old school way. Now he had tracked the VORs by typing them into the GPS and just taking them there, right? 
but it's been a long time since he truly tracked and tuned and identified to a VOR. Just something different to think about. Again, this, this podcast is not to be a knock on GPS. It's to encourage you that, you know what? There's benefit to shooting that VOR approach, that VOR alpha approach, that localizer back course approach, and that ILS approach. It's funny to say now that even ILS, you know, ILS, when I was doing, again, I, get, I feel, do feel old school when I say things like back in my day, but back in my day, like when I was becoming an instrument pilot, ILS was it. GPS was like, an idea. I mean, Garmin 430s were just, just coming out and they were super expensive, but that was what really put GPS approaches on, on the map is having what, when that price did come down, the affordability and the accessibility to this stuff because GPS approaches were just for the big airports, for the heavy hitters, the big airlines. But the Garmin 430, what it did for GPS approaches in general aviation is astounding. And now we everybody has the most amazing technology simply just sitting on their lap in iPads. It is all there for us in this case. That is what I'm really getting at here. This isn't a knock on technology. I use technology. I embrace it. It's not my sole means of navigation, though. I continue to use the old school method. I still look outside and practice dead reckoning principles. I still do pilotage, right, with GPS, with VOR, accompanied by some dead reckoning as well. That's what we're really after in this case. Don't get spoiled by GPS. It's not going to benefit you on your check ride, nor is it going to benefit you in the real world when you're flying through New Mexico and you lose your GPS as well. So listen, thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. Thank you for making the Instrument Pilot Podcast one of the top listened to, the top rated podcasts in the aviation category on iTunes. It truly means so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.